Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Friends and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Podcast, starring me, Dags, and Johnny Rage. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful American pop culture podcast. And now, across this powerfully oaken desk, we do have a powerful guest in barn, is Ned. Welcome, Ned. Thank you for having me. And somewhere parked outside of a Burger King is Johnny Rage. You always nail it. How do you know where I'm at? How'd you know I was at a Burger King? Powerful drone technology. <laughs> oh, yes. The Impossible Burger's coming, and I'm waiting in line, demanding the Impossible Burger. Hey, Ned, We're do you know, do... Ned, do you know about the Impossible Burger? No, I'm not aware of that. Tell tell Ned and the fans of Flock of Amish if they don't know what the Impossible Burger is, Johnny Ridge. Well, obviously, Ned is not a fan of the show because we've talked about this before. Ned, have you not been... Uh... Keeping up tabs with the Amish baby machine uh, prior to I've had today? To t- I've taken a, a hiatus. But, Why? Uh, I've got more free time now, so I'll have to get back into it. He didn't get fired. He just wants to spend more time with his family. <laughs> <laughs> so so here, here's the thing. Here's the yeah. thing. We brought Ned in because he's a bird expert. Oh. Yeah, because okay. we got thousands of emails of direct messages, people sliding in at our DMs. They want to know. We want more bird talk, so we brought in okay. Ned. He's a powerful bird expert. I'm a fa- I'm a big fan of turkey. Can we talk turkey? With yes. Mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes and gravy. I'm kind of an expert. So tell me, what are your sides stuff. of choice, Johnny Rage? What would you? What's the ultimate sides for turkey? Yes, if you're having a turkey well, meal. Oh, that's standard issued stuff. There. I mean, I think that's one universal thing: is you have to have your taters, mashed, gravy, dressing. Um, you have to have that green bean casserole that's got like they call it the seven layer green bean thing. I have never fully understood what all seven are yet. And we do corn pudding. I don't know if you're a fan of that or even know what that is. But Tell me about corn pudding. Oh, corn pudding is phenomenal. It's um basically you ter- take uh, corn right off the corn stalk is how we do it, and because you take fresh sweet corn. You put it into a pan, you mix it with uh, eggs, crackers, and a little bit of milk. And then you bake it at a real high temperature of 400 for about two hours. And when it's done, it's uh, got this fluffiness. It's like kind of like pudding wouldn't be the the right word to describe it, but it's a pretty tasty little treat. And I like the top burnt a little bit, just like my pizza. Now, this is a powerful. pop culture show it's also powerfully retro that reminds me of the seven layer it reminds me of the powerful seven up bar do you remember uh-huh. that candy bar uh-huh. it's created a local candy bar created by pearson's it had seven different layers of goodness can you remember the layers Dags? uh chocolate okay you don't remember <laughs> that's words. all i get no fluffy yeah. nougat Ooh, fluffy nougat hey now this isn't going to be like last episode where i felt like chuck from happy days Remember Chuck, the the brother that was just eliminated from the show at one time? Yeah, he was, was a, never... he was a powerful basketball player. Yeah, he was. But then one day he was there, next day he was gone, and <laughs> there was no mention of it, how Chuck no longer is going to be on the show. That's how I felt last year, with last week with you and Babs, talking your geek show stuff, your uh, Avengers and your GOT, Game of Thrones stuff. I'm, I'm like I'm being punished. Now, here, here's here. the deal. We purposely yeah. brought in Ned. Ned's going to be more like a producer. He'll be m- kind of like a Google boy. So it, the show will be all about you today. How's that? So Ned doesn't have anything to do with Games of Thrones? No, we will. Ned will be here for Game, game of Thrones talk, but it, it's, he's going to be more like behind the scenes. How's that? 
Okay. Because I felt right. like you, I felt like you felt like you were left out on the last powerful episode. I I tell I, I felt like Chuck from Happy Days. It was a classic example of uh, of being cut out of the out of the. I thought my I thought it was done. I never thought I'd get the call again after that. You know, Babs did a fine job, by the way. Powerful episode, and we got powerful kudos reviews on the internet. You are following us right on the internet, Twitter at Amish B Machine, Instagram Amish Baby Machine. Like our Facebook page, we're everywhere. We do have a Patreon account, patreon.com, great way to support the show. Also, powerful merch. God, we got some great merch. You got to check that out. Go to AmishBabyMachine.com. Now, Johnny Rage, uh, sad news in the field of comedy. Tim Conway passed away. What are your thoughts? Because on this show, on the Amish Baby Machine podcast, you are the powerful retro comedy expert. Mm, I truly am. You know. To be to be a, a true comedian isn't based on profanity. Hold on, hold on. let me stop you one second. Now, we were up, uh, show notes, we were prepping, we were talking, me and Ned. If he can, mm-hmm. we want to see if Ned can uh, cut it here on the Amish Baby Machine. Tell us about the ASMR. What is that? So I was unaware of ASMR, but uh, it's a very strange, almost fetishy thing that people have with just different noises and how they tantalize the senses it's very exactly like that yeah so what it it actually gives a response in the brain what how did they describe that are you getting that right now johnny rage do you feel that i'm just baffled by this i'm ready to talk and tribute my next 15 minutes to tim conway and all of a sudden you cut me off to talk about sensory stuff <laughs> where, where did this happen ned was very fetishy before we started and, okay and there's this thing where the people they make mouth sounds and they're slurping and they're eating foods and it's, it's very sensual it's very fetishy so i wanted to it's very hot now asmr i, I just wanted to tell you johnny rage about that well so, every once every once in a while people want a little ned Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want. <laughs> so, so here's uh, the definition. It says a feeling of well-being combined with a tingling sensation in the scalp and down the back of the neck, as experienced by some people in response to a specific gentle stimulus, often a particular sound. Isn't that powerful? You know, Ned's voice is kind of like it's like he could do that for a living, be like an ebook reader or something like that. I, as he, you know, he was just kind of talking. I just kind of got lulled into this. Isn't it powerful? Like, I got lulled into this nap type thing. <laughs> I still don't know where this came from. I'm talking Tim Conway, and all of a sudden you jump all, jump, stop me for this sensory stuff. And, it's because I was enjoying my uh, iced coffee, and it's going to make sounds. So I just wanted to share it with the fans of Flock of Amish. And right now I'm going to take a sip out of my uh, sparkling water, lemon, naturally essenced. LaCroix water. Now listen to this. Isn't that wonderful? That's God. such a little, such a little sip you took. Come did on, you, take did, a man, okay, okay, take I'll, a man call right. for God's sake. Well, now it sounds like you're gagging. <laughs> what are you two doing? <laughs> Why don't you just enjoy it? We are doing uh, this experience for the fans of Flock of Amish. We oh, want you to man. be part of this, Johnny Rage. I hope, I hope both of you are wearing clothes right now. That's all I ask. You know, so <laughs> everyone knows in the barn clothing is optional. All right, it's optional. Yeah, it's just skin. Enjoy it. I know. All I right, understand. Back to Tim Conway. Are you sure we're going to talk about some other off the wall? Thing no, but here everyone knows that's powerful fans of the flock of Amish. We go on powerful tangents. You know, usually there's partial nudity. It's just well, part of the whole thing. I want to get. I want to feel out Ned here. Ned, tell me what are your thoughts on Tim Conway? I don't know who he is, to be honest. You're going to have to enlighten us. Is this blasphemous talk on Amish, baby? Well, see, this is what it's like for Game of Thrones. You know, we what want to mean? talk about Game of Thrones, and you don't know shit about Game of Thrones. Hey, I know enough about Game of Thrones to bullshit the fact that I actually didn't watch it to talk to you about it, okay? So, so don't w- get me would started. Would you rather have Ned bullshit you about Tim Conway? Yes, sepia tones. Tell me about sepia tones or something. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll leave Ned out of this. Okay, go ahead. I, but I didn't, I didn't know if Ned was just kidding or not because I thought Tim Conway 
was kind of a household name for most people who don't follow comedy. He's not right? in your generation. Let's just say How, that. Okay, Ned, do you know, does Ned know the Carol Burnett show at all or no? I've heard of it, yes. Okay. Anyway, the Carol Burnett was a kind of a vaudeville type style uh, weekly show back on, who did that, Dave? CBS? CBS. Yeah. And they did skits for about an hour, and they always had a um, special guest. Who were some of their special? Dick Van Dyke was a regular on there. Um, Robert Conrad was a regular on Dick there. Van Dyke. You know, you know Dick, right, Ned? Oh, yeah. And so you got Dick Van Dyke, um, Robert Conrad. But more importantly, the, the star of the shows, Carol Burnett, uh, Tim Conway, Harvey Corman, and Vicki Lawrence. It was those four. They were the mainstay every week. Tim Conway, a brilliant comedian from the heartland. Hold on. Producer Ned just showed us a picture. What is the picture of? So it appears that he's being shown getting an award with Carol Burnett. Yeah, I think he won. I think he won several for for his uh, participation in Carol Burnett. So he won several awards. Um comic genius when you compare him to today's comedians not too many comedians can uh do a stand-up i would i would consider tim conway to be very similar to jim gaffigan um if you can go do an act whether you're in vegas or on tv where you don't swear talk profanity i think it's much more difficult to do that than it is to jump on like other comedians and just throw the f-bomb out there or, or have lewd and lascivious behavior for comedian. Would you agree with that, Diggs? It is powerful to be a clean comic. I think I, I think it's tough. I think with Tim Conway, he was more physical comedy though. Maybe more like a Jim John Carrey. Ritter. Jim Carrey, John Ritter. Yep, the old school, you talk about vaudeville, the old doing the Pratt Falls and doing the funny faces. Dorf on golf. Yeah, I'm thinking there's been of course a ton of videos uh, little snippets from the Carol Burnett show. Everybody's seen the the episode where he's in Mama's house and he's talking about the elephant and the dwarf. You know what I'm referring to? That little snip. Yeah, exactly. We've talked about that in the past. Also, one of my favorite too is when he's the dentist. He's a brand new dentist, and he's supposed to be giving Harvey Corman some injections of uh, um, Novocaine, and he accidentally injects himself. <laughs> Oh, it just didn't get any better than that. I, I I invite you, go to YouTube and pull up Tim Conway, dentist, skit on Carol Burnett. Mrs. Howiggins. I You know, I didn't care much for that. I'm going to put in Tim Con- powerful show notes. Tim Conway, the dentist. The dentist. One of the best skits ever. He's a brand new dentist. Harvey Corman comes in because he's got something wrong with his tooth. It's like a weekend. There's no place else to go. And uh, that kind of sets the skit up for you. It, it's phenomenal, phenomenal little skit. You, um, hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Yes. You, you know about Iran, what's going on with Iran? Yeah. Iran, they, they sent in the USS Abraham, the, mm-hmm. the battle uh, aircraft carrier battle group. And, yes. it, and right now, it's just coming across my teletype now that Iran has br- has brought in the Golden Company to protect the Persian Gulf. Just breaking has, news. Has brought in what company? The Golden Company. Is there a joke in this? It is, if you watch Game of Thrones. All right, keep, ah, keep going. Okay. This, is, this is your chance to get back at me because I went after Ned about not knowing who Tim yes. Conway was. Powerful. Okay. You like how I did okay. that? Okay. Okay. Um, now, now with your breaking news update, I forgot where it was, Days. That's not difficult to do. But I know. Well, you're talking about Tim Conway. It's our tribute show to Tim Conway. It, but you know what's funny is uh, another thing you probably don't know, that Tim Conway starred on SpongeBob. Yeah, wasn't he Squidward? No, he wasn't. He he was one of the voices for Yeah, but isn't, Plankton? That, isn't that crazy? Plankton? Yeah, that was crazy. Um. But, I mean, the guy's just a, a natural-born actor, and uh, it doesn't shock me. He had uh, the versatility that he had. I mean, he could do just about any character. And 
the the funny part was when Harvey Corman would break out of character and start laughing. And you knew it was pretty funny when, but Tim Conway pretty much would maintain his composure and carry on with the character. But there are some episodes where even Tim Conway breaks character. That's funny when they're both, it's just like it's a live piece and they both just start laughing. Um, that's pretty cool when one comedian can make another comedian break into laughter like that. Because Harvey Corman, very funny guy. <laughs> so, oh boy, those were the days. Um, just can't say enough about Tim Conway. Do you have any funny stories, Ned, you want to share in the news? So, harking back to the specific um, reason you brought me on, birds, um, I found an interesting story out of Mumbai, India. God, his voice is pleasant, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think Johnny Rage, we'll get rid of Johnny Rage and we'll have, Ned's voice is so pleasant. It's very I ASMR. Been, I think that's been the plan. I mean, you started with Babs last week. Again, I'm just call me Chuck. I'm going to be out of the program here pretty quickly, just like Chuck from Happy Days. I get it. All right, Ned has a powerful bird story. All right, so this story comes to us out of Mumbai, India, a.k.a. Bombay. Yeah, it used to be Bombay. Yes. Under British rule. Uh, harkens back to Dr. Bombay, the powerful doctor. Where is he from? Johnny Rage. Bewitched. Yes, doctor, calling Dr. Bombay. Mm-hmm. Doc, okay. Calling Dr. Mumbai wouldn't be as cool. Well, that's kind of no. cool. No, all it right, wouldn't be. All right, go, go ahead on your bird story. So anyway, they have these uh, flamingos that uh, are in this area in a body of water, and the story talks about how they're trying to figure out the influx of the population of these flamingos. And they think it's because there's a, a water treatment plant that's pumping treated sewage <laughs> into the water, and they're attracted yeah, to I that. just wanted you guys to know I treat my sewage very nicely. That's good. Yes. So these flamingos, they're not directly attracted to the sewage per se, but the blue-green algae that thrives off that influx of nutrients that's being pumped into the water. So these flamingos are coming there to feed on the blue-green algae. So that's just a, just a little story for you, birds. What do you think? Isn't that wonderful? How heady and how intellectual Ned, Ned really brings the show up. I was thinking, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> brings it up to the level of the National Geographic. Yes, isn't that powerful? <laughs> now, Ned, isn't that true? The reason they're pink is because they eat shrimp. Yes, that is true. That one of the chemicals in the in the small uh, krill or crustacean type food, it uh, the chemical gathers in the feathers, creating the pink color. That is correct. What do you think of that? Well, thanks. Why aren't I pink? Then I love shrimp. That's true. Parts of you are pink, aren't they? No, actually, you know what? I eat a lot of deep-fried shrimp, so I am kind of that brown, rough exterior. I do kind of look like that, don't I? I had a powerful news story. You know, now that we're on the heady subjects, mm-hmm. here's a news story that this, this is going to make you think. Sky penis. Navy officers thought drawing male genitalia in the sky would be so funny before probe. Naval officers decided to create a phallic drawing in the clear blue skies across Washington State two years ago is using the exhaust of their jet. They apparently never thought it would spark an official probe and draw the eyes of leadership thousands of miles away in the nation's capital. What do you think of that, Johnny Rage? You know, <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, I'm kind of shocked uh, with the way we have the hashtag, the Me Too hashtag thing going on, uh, that they would, I could see somebody doing it, but I'm shocked that they would do it. It's it's actually um, very uh, tastefully done. Oh, so there's an actual example of it? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, many people took pictures of the sky penis. Okay, they did. Yes. Yeah, I suppose. Um, is it a George Costanza? It's It was cold. I was in a pool. No, no. it's it's very powerful. Shrinkage. No, there's no, there shrinkage? no, there's no shrinkage. It's very powerful. Very well done. You know, that reminds me, I was on the Facebook the number one source for news headlines uh, a couple of days ago. And there's actually this penis game where you strap on like the strap on dildo. Strap on, strap off, strap on, strap off. Johnny Rage. This this thing is like inflated though. This thing is about five feet in length and the girth of it is probably about two feet around in diameter. And you strap one on and the opponent straps one on 
and kind of like sumo suits battling back and forth, you actually hit dicks with the other person until you knock theirs off. <laughs> oh, I thought that was uh, that'll that'll be the latest game now you'll see on late night TV. But you heard you heard it first here on the Amish baby. Yeah, the cockfighting. Would you? Is that something you would invest in buying for your clients? I'm a family run company. Dave. So you would not have you would not have the cockfighting. Uh, oh, I, I think it's funny as hell. But you'd have to have a completely different audience. You're not going to bring it to a six year old birthday party. Yeah, right? but what, what do you think about um? Uh, they don't call them stag parties anymore. The bachelor parties. Yeah, it'd bachelor, be perfect for something like that. Wouldn't it be? It'd be perfect for stag parties. It'd be perfect for bachelor parties. Now, oh. what do you, what do you think about um? Your business would be Johnny Rage after dark. And you would feature adult inflatable things. What do you think? Um, I wouldn't want to clean up after. I'll tell you that. <laughs> There'd be a lot. Well, we could hire a squeegee boy. Would Ned be the squeegee boy? Ned, would you squeegee? Negative. Oh, negative ghostwriter. The pattern is full. Well, then I can't. If Ned's not in, I'm not in. You know. Um, but yeah, if I had somebody that could clean, a good cleaner, but. Those party buses, there's big money in that after hour stuff that you're talking about. I wanted so to, get... yeah, I wanted to design a, a room. You know, when you're a young kid and you always want to get a hotel room? Yeah. And you always get kicked out and everything. I wanted to design a hotel room as powerful concrete bunker and would just have a big drain right in the middle so you could just squeegee everything in afterwards. Everything All the would vomit. be. Yeah, it would just, the, yeah. yeah. Exactly, and it would be soundproof, so, so kids could enjoy the party in a safe, secure bunker. And then afterwards, you could just hose it down and squeegee it. What do you think? It kind of sounds like a detox cell if you've ever been arrested for a DWI or anything like that. That's kind of exactly the same thing. Really? You throw you throw up everywhere. You get sick, and then all of a sudden they take you out. And they just come in with a power washer. The next person gets the next person comes in. Kind of like yeah. the Romans. How, However, that's what they say. I, 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 I'm not familiar with that. So. Go ahead. Jump in, Ned. The Romans in their vomitoriums where they you know, gorge themselves and then they'd have a special place to throw up everything after they were done. That's wonderful, isn't it? Because we all know that Johnny Rage loves history. But, Ned, that had nothing to do with birds. Well, no, specifically, I found um, the Romans actually enjoyed um, braised flamingo. There's actually a recipe that I found. See just see what I do? That's why this is the most powerful podcast ever created. Who else talks about braised flamingo? Do you see what I'm saying, Johnny Rage? Fifth, I bring fifth I, century CE. Hold on, Roman. I'm talking. This is my show. You see how I did that? Powerful. I bring in the most powerful minds in the world. I bring in Johnny Rage. Mm-hmm. Now I bring in Ned. We got to come up with a nickname for Ned, by the way. And Johnny Rage is thinking over that. But anyway, get back to the braised flamingo. Oh, wasn't there? A, there was a man in Alcatraz. Wasn't there a Birdman Alcatraz? Yeah, he could be the Birdman of Amish Baby Machine. Yeah, I, I think that we'll start with that, and then we'll build on it if it doesn't stick. All right, Birdman of Amish, Birdman of Alcatraz. It says the flamingos have an insulating layer of fat, and so, so it's and probably so comparable to duck. Or Johnny Rage has an insulating layer of blubber too. Save a lot of money on coat steaks. <laughs> all by design my friend tell your joke about the tool shed well when you have a hell of a shed you got to build a excuse me when you have a hell of a tool you got to have a great shed to protect everything and that's his gut um, yes delayed i like the delayed yeah yeah i wonder how many people appreciate that it i'd act purposely delay the laughter what would the point be it's funny it should be bam no, that's the irony. Irony is funny. Okay. All right, keep telling us about, get back to the braised uh, flamingo. That's all you got? Oh, my God. I think Ned's waiting. For, he's chomping at the bit for a little Game of Thrones action. Can you do the theme? Do the theme. Ned, can you do the theme? What are you all of a sudden? Oh, he lost his voice. He's kind of like a. Kind of like Cindy Brady on the. No, it wasn't Sydney. It was the middle one. Cindy. Jan. Cindy is the one that got scared. Remember when the lights came on the game show? I thought it was Jan. No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I think it was Jan myself. Do you want to bet? How much? One. What you What do you drink? You don't drink. You drink Miller High Life. 
the champagne yeah. of beer. How about how about just for bragging right? I say it's Jan. Okay. Okay. You say it's Cindy. Can Ned do make himself useful and find out for us if that's who it is? Okay, uh, Ned. You are gonna look up on the internets on the Brady Bunch when Cindy got afraid she just froze up on the screen when they were doing a they were doing a game show and Cindy was on there and when they said okay and the red light came on for the cameras and she just froze up. Looked at remember, it up now. Remember before the before the actual match though, she was acting like she was a Hollywood star with her family and they were all getting sick of her and they all wanted nothing to do with her and then she froze up and was all embarrassed, but the family came together and loved her anyway. Powerful show. Whoever it was, Marsha. Or, or, I want to say it was banned, but I could be wrong. Okay. Now I want to get to some local news, Johnny Rage. All right. Minneapolis wants to ban new drive-thrus. I saw that. Now, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Because you're a powerfully big man that enjoys food from drive-thrus. I didn't understand it because if you read the article, it talks about allowing curbside pickup, though. What's the difference? Is it because they don't want the cars to idle? Well, I mean, how many people idle hands are the are, devil's workshop? How many people are going to pull up in the wintertime, shut their car off at the curb, and wait for their uh, food to be delivered to them? I I, the, the, I don't understand the whole the whole thought process behind it. You know how in a, you don't fly a lot, but planes they'll actually they'll overbook flights because mm-hmm. they just want the money. But I feel like the drive-throughs now they have you. Have you ever done that where they go pull up to pull up and park, and we'll bring it out to you? Yeah, see, I, I have a number one rule, though, Dags. This is a pro tip. Never go to any restaurant lunchtime. You will be faced with exactly that. I go pre-lunch or post-lunch. Never go between 1130 and 1, 1 o'clock, and you won't, you won't be faced with that. So, um, But, yeah, here in Minneapolis, they want to eliminate the drive-through. There, there, again, is a politician trying to create a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> also, I saw a powerful story about uh, the movie theater with beds. Did you see that, Johnny Ridge? Well, gosh, now with the recliners, we're close. Yeah, we? they literally want, uh, in Switzerland, they, they're literally going to have beds. I don't know. Um, then I might be too compelled to fall asleep and not watch. I mean, you know, Diggs, you know I'm a sleeper to begin with. Right? Yes. Well, you throw me in a bed. It, it probably heated, vibrating. I mean, what kind of uh, amenities is this going to have? I don't like the bed idea. I you say don't. Nay. No. What about you? How about a comfy couch, a sofa? Do they still call them sofas? No, they call them Davenport's. Uh, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think what they got now, the way they roll with those recliners, that's, why would we need anything different? Again, creating a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. How about Ottomans? Do you like Ottomans? I prefer Hassocks. Wow. Did you see that? Powerful intellectual humor. I don't know what Hassock is. Oh, the, the Amish Wolfhound is. Breaking news? Yeah, I think the enemy are at the gates. Okay. Speaking of enemy at the gates, powerful Game of Thrones, Ned. The Bells, episode five. What are your thoughts on? The episode. I mean, I thought uh, I was very surprised they weren't able to take out her dragon. That was just—it seemed a little too good to be true. So we had three dragons originally. One was taken out by the Night King with this powerful ice spear. Correct. The second one was taken out by Euron and the uh, massive scorpion crossbow. That was a cool, wasn't it? Very cool. So that you 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 feel so Johnny Rage what happened is they have she has the queen Khaleesi has three dragons and the, is that the queen that looks like Elsa from yes, Frozen? Exactly. Okay. So she's down see, to one. See, I know what I'm talking about. Yes. So she's down okay. to one and and um Ned was concerned that Do you think it's because she was flying so she could guide it, and she knew that she's already been attacked twice, so she knew to come in low under the radar. Yeah, I mean, that could be it. I believe that um, 
taking out the dragon that she's riding and controlling wouldn't obviously be good for the show. So, I mean, you, you knew we were going to see her unleash the fury of that dragon on King's Landing. So set it up for Johnny Rage and, and anyone else that lives under a rock. What is the setting? So there is the Red Keep, is the castle, and then there's a city around it. Set us up. What's going on? Set the scene of this powerful episode. Diggs, let me just interject here real quickly. For anybody living under a rock or who has a life. All right, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So the Red Keep, like Dags alluded to, is the kind of the centerpiece of King's Landing, the, the city that's situated right on the ocean there, which is surrounded by, you know, various peasant population that lives and thrives and, you know, is the city that sits below the Red Keep, the castle. So it's a very large and expansive area bordered by the water, and it's got a huge wall around it. And all their forces are situated around the perimeter to protect it. And um, Daenerys Targaryen, Khaleesi, the dra- mother of dragons, breaker of chains, she comes in on the dragon and just, you know, pretty much destroys everyone and all their weaponry is useless against her. Now, what do you think of the Golden Company? How lame were they? I mean, they were they were the powerful cell swords. They were, the, you know, the vaunted, powerful through history, and they just got decimated. Is, is it because they didn't have the elephants? <laughs> They'd talk about bringing in the elephants, like Hannibal, but wouldn't the elephants just been cooked? Wouldn't it have been just elephant shish kebab? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any match for a dragon, to be honest. I mean, the elephants would have. I don't think added any anything to it. So there must have been a lot of Dothraki still alive, huh? Because they came in, the Unsullied. They sure did, yeah. And uh, Jon Snow wasn't very happy with their behavior, I don't think. Now, do you think this is it? Do you think this is the straw that broke the camel's back, that broke the dragon's back, that he's going to, that's it, he's done with her? I mean, the way that they were portraying his reactions to her behavior i think he's definitely not happy with her there's definitely a void between those two that has grown deeper i believe and then we had the the ultimate battle between the hound and the mountain what are your thoughts on that battle (laughs) i don't know i was pretty i thought it was almost comical the way that he couldn't really i mean how how can that guy not die What's the deal with that guy? The mountain? Yes. Well, he's basically a zombie. I mean, he was killed. So he was brought, to, brought back to life through magic, and he's a zombie. So if you're going to stab him, I mean, you're not going to kill him. And what did you think when he took off his helmet? It was almost like in Star Wars when Darth Vader took off his helmet. Exactly, yes. I mean, you're, in previous episodes, you just get a glimpse through the, you know, the slot in the helmet, and you see his gaunted bloodshot eyes and discolored skin yes so it was very it was me, epic yeah it reminds me of the eyes through the powerful night stalker film 1972 abc movie of the week powerful movie where you you see the vampire's eyes and they're all bloodshot powerful scene very powerful so then uh the hound realized that it's nothing he could do and he just jumped on him and they fell into the flames. The irony is that earlier when he was a kid, he pushed his head into the fire and burnt half his face. So he finally faced the fear of fire taking him out. Exactly, yes. Very poetic justice. And then we had uh, Jamie Lannister. What are your thoughts on that? He's a dick. Now, why do you say he's a dick? I don't know, I feel bad for how he treated uh, Brienne of Toth. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was very, it was kind of a dick move how he left her in Winterfell, you know, because he felt like he had to go back to Cersei. I thought that was very, just not a good move. Do you think it was like the snake story where the, the lady finds a half-dead snake, brings it in the house, nurses it back to life, and then the snake bites her? And as she lays dying, she goes, the snake says, what did you think? I was a snake. Yeah, that's very, I, I think you're spot on with that. Powerful. It was just a beautiful love story, though, that 
that Jamie and Cersei died in each other's arms and, and the fake CGI rocks fell on them. <laughs> See, I have a problem with, I wish they would have done foam, foam rocks. What do you think? To me, no. it, to me, they did the CGI. CGI has a problem with a couple things. It would be smoke for me and ice and dust. It, it doesn't come, come out as, as realistic to me. So I wish they would have just did like dumped packets of uh, cocoa powder on them and then just dropped foam <laughs> bricks. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that would have been better. Maybe more realistic. What about Pop Rocks? What about Pop Rocks? Oh, Pop Rocks, yes. I, did, I, I saw a powerful video on YouTube of this guy trying to, I think it was like 38 packs of Pop Rocks. He had to give up, though. Oop, new powerful image. Tell Johnny Rage and the Flock of Amish about what you just discovered. Ned. So I was doing some research on um, the Brady Bunch, Cindy, how she <laughs> froze up. Season 4, episode 22. That's when it occurred. Um, let's see the title of the episode. You can't win them all. That's the title of the episode. In case all you Amish fans out there want to look that one up. So uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Give me a, what is the episode called? It's uh, season 4, episode 22 season you can't win them all you can't win them all and that's that's kind of ironic isn't it because johnny rage can't win them all because i was correct it was cindy brady yeah i thought i said cindy didn't i say cindy no i'm I'm pretty sure you said eve see that's one thing about that's one thing about not having a good memory i can also make it work in my favor as well saying i don't really remember who i said i think i said cindy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> powerful bragging rights yeah you got me dig i did say jan jan sydney marcia who cares all the same thing right and what else you got for us johnny rage well as you two were talking about as your geekathon was going on there um is there any more we can find out about game of thrones or do we have to stay tuned for next week's episode of dig and ned well, this, um, this is powerful because what, what, I mean, um, Ned is uh, what is the word for being shy? You're very introverted. Would you say that's correct description? Introverted. Yes. I don't know what that means, but you're verted. You're inverted and extroverted. What is Johnny Rage? How would you describe him, Ned? Oh yeah, that's tough. I can't quite uh, put my finger on it. It's quite a mix of uh, just a lot really? of knowledge and. Yeah, thank you. Brilliance, yeah, wisdom, br- yes, all knowledge. those, all those descriptions yeah. come Girth. to mind. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Not, you know, you know, I'm amazed. Neither one of you mentioned is uh, Aaron Rodgers. I was going to leave that to you. I actually have that in my powerful show notes because oh, I, I figured that not. would tie. What you don't even know who Aaron Rodgers is? You geek. Yeah, he's the <laughs> yeah he's the wide receiver of the Vikings. I know. Very good. Now, what anyway, Aaron Rodgers was in there, and that's powerful because that will bring in, because we all know that you're a Green Bay Packers fan, that will bring in sports. The Look at what I'm doing with my hands. The sports, and then the geekdom, and the yes. swords and sorcery. Dove, dovetailing it. Yes, dovetailing. Very good. See how I, god damn. Birds. Birds. Dovetail, get it, Johnny Rage? Yep. So what are your thoughts, Johnny Rage, on Aaron Rodgers being in Game of Thrones? Well, I mean, I never. What a, this is going to be a long answer to your question. No, we like that because see, right now we have Ned on, and Ned is not comfortable on the microphone. Okay. Apparently, he's comfortable in his nudity. There, put that thing okay. away. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So oh. we, we want you to elaborate, to uh, embellish, okay, well, bullshit, well, whatever deep, you want. Let, let's let's talk about sports heroes, if if we'll call them that. Um. Lately, the rage has been to deny Donald Trump the invite because if you're a national champion, a Super Bowl champion, are you going to do some ASMR there? He's just taking a wow. Just tell him to just tell him to sit back and relax. But it's been vogue now to tell Donald Trump no to visiting the White House. Correct. You are correct, sir. Yes. Okay. Why do sports? Heroes, legends, professional baseball players even have the right. What have they really done 
that's worthy of a visit to the White House. I've always, I don't care if it's a Democratic president, a Republican president. Is that really worthy of the president of the United States time to host a national champion football base, whatever it is? So let me ask you this. What is proper? Like, who would you like to see there? I'd like to see uh, a real American hero who might have maybe wandered through uh, a cave in in, uh, Taiwan to save the lives of 11 people. I'd like to see a police officer who... uh, (laughs) Matt is like, what the fuck are you talking about wandering through a cave in Taiwan? It's cool because here's the thing with Johnny Rage. He doesn't know a lot, so he remembers bits and pieces and puts things together that really don't make sense, but Wait, they, they do. Do. People, they, do people really care where that cave was? Nobody uh, cared. Yeah, it wasn't know? in Taiwan, though, was it? Yeah, it was. Just was listen it? to what I'm telling you. Yeah, it was. So I want people that actually legitimately did something for mankind to maybe be assembled once a year. I don't want a sports star just because... They won the Super Bowl to be invited to the White House. This leads me to this Game of Thrones thing. Next, enter the stage, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback for Green Bay Packers. Obviously, he's a fan of Game of Thrones. How does that qualify him to do a cameo role, though, in Game of Thrones? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in Game of Thrones. Yeah, but let me me tell you this. I I mean... You remember Batman, powerful TV show. You enjoyed that, right? Of course. You remember all the powerful cameos when they were climbing up, climbing up the side of the buildings? They, yeah. They, they'd always stick their heads out the window? Yeah, you can't compare the two, though. Because those were actors. They weren't any sports stars at the time. Let me ask you this. Wrong. Who was your uh, favorite square on Hollywood Squares? Who did you enjoy? Who made you laugh? Boy, that's now I really got to think. Who's the guy in the middle all the time? Um, wasn't Hollywood Squares? Didn't they just rotate with the people from uh, um, Match Game? Didn't those two just kind of go wow, wow, wow? Okay, who is your favorite from Match Game? Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Everybody's favorite, and it's powerful too because he did so well that he had his own game show. He did. He actually had his own game show going while he was doing Match Game. Um, Powerful. Leave the contract. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, people thought his last year on match game, he was a little bit of cranky and on edge and they thought that he was getting an attitude, but a lot of people said, no, it was just because he was filming match game. Then he had to go do his own game, family feud and the, the schedule was getting to him. But, uh, um, who's, who's, everybody knows the middle square. Maybe Ned can even help us out on this. The middle square. And, uh, it was always that guy, um, Man, I'm not going to help you guys out. You got to think this out. I'm going to no, give you, I'm going to give you a hint, Johnny Rage. Yeah. He was also on Bewitched. Ned, I'm going to I want you to Dr. learn that. Dr. Bombay? Was it Dr. Look, Bombay? Look it up. Look it up. Ned, look it up. The Center Square. It was Square, Dr. It was Dr. Cent- Bombay. The Center Square on Hollywood Square. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. This is really bothering me here. All right. So I have to correct you, Johnny Rage. Um of the uh, soccer team where they were rescued from. It was actually in Thailand, not Taiwan. Same thing. Taiwan, same thing. Thailand, Thai. There's a Thai there somewhere, isn't there? So I'm going to educate the listeners here. The, uh, and forgive, uh, I'm going to ask for forgiveness for all our Thai listeners. Right off the bat, I'm going to butcher these names in Thai. But, uh, now, does that mean people in tie-dye shirts, too, or no? No, slightly different, but uh, okay. same right. kind of wavelength. So that the Tham Luang Nang Nan is a karstic cave system in the Tham Luang Khun Nam Nang Nan Forest Park near the village of Pong Fa in northern Thailand. It lies beneath the Doi Nang Nan, a mountain range on the border with Myanmar. So that's where that cave is located where they were rescued from. Well, Pong Fang you too, pal. Okay, that's all I say. <laughs> nobody, nobody calls me out on the Amish baby. You take my word as word, pal. Okay. <laughs> Taiwan, who cares? Whatever. Anyway, so um, we got Aaron Rodgers. He's in your Geek of Thrones. I mean, Game of Thrones. Um, we have, um, and not one mention of it, of course, by you two. Uh, do you know what he played on Game of Thrones? What, what he was? He played the part of a soldier. Now, Johnny Rage, I give you a minute yeah. to think about the center square. Who was it? Nipsey Russell. 
Nipsey Russell. I, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Nipsey he Russell. He was my favorite. He was my favorite. Okay, you'll remember when I say the name, right? Yeah, I will. Paul Lynn. Yeah, Paul Lynn. That's what I meant. That's what I'm talking about. Um, can we talk a little bit of UFC here? Sure. Um, I'm going to give you one more. Uh, who was the original host of the Hollywood Squares? Uh, Bob Eubanks. Now, is it better to to have you think or just tell you the answer? What do you think? It depends. Give me the question. I'll give you the answer or not. Who was it? Peter Marshall. Oh, him too. Same All thing right. as Bob go, Eubanks. No, go ahead about your UFC. Um, Sylvester Stallone said that I, I didn't realize that Sylvester Stallone was part owner of the UFC. He has got some shares. Yeah, minor owner. Yeah, and he's trying to entice conor mcgregor from uh, coming back to the ufc so in order to do it he said he would give some shares to conor mcgregor uh because he says that he absolutely deserves them because he's one of the biggest reasons the ufc is as big as it is today um gosh how old do you think sylvester stallone is big i would say he's 70 that's a good guess he's 72 powerful yeah um of course he we talked about him announcing that shock retirement from the mixed martial arts back in March. And then like a week later, he was already, he was antagonizing the guy that beat him trying to set up this big UFC match. I don't think it's going to take uh shares of stock to get um, him back into the ring. I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later anyway, but I thought it was interesting. I didn't realize that uh, Sylvester Sloan actually was an investor uh, in the UFC. That's probably the bigger news story. Planet Hollywood. Back. Remember that big investor. Oh, yeah. In that? Yeah. Whatever happened to Planet Hollywood? It's still there. Really? It's it still Vegas. exists. Yeah. Is it in Taiwan or is it in Thailand? Where is it, uh, Ned? I'm sure you can find out for us. <laughs> what do you think of that pronunciation? Wasn't that powerful, Johnny Rage? Which one? When he was giving the names. Um, can we talk a little bit about quickly here? And then I got to get in line for this impossible burger that's starting to build here. And I want to be like at least the second one. But... Um, Dags, you're into movies. Is Ned into movies? Ned, are you into movies? Yes. Okay, well, there's talk about some sequels coming out that you guys might not be aware of or maybe you're aware of. Let me see if it does anything, if it tickles your fancies. Okay, here's some upcoming movie sequels you didn't know were being made. The Accountant 2. Powerful. Starring Batman. Yep. Ben Uh, Affleck is going to appear? Yep. The original one was released in 2016. That did $155 million. That shocks me. I had zero interest in seeing that one. I saw the trailer numerous times. I just can't get into Ben Affleck. I thought he made a horrible Batman, too, mind you. I think you should um, watch The Accountant. Powerful fighting scenes. Yeah. Give it a shot. How about, how about uh, Coming to America 2? Um, there's a hint that that might be a sequel coming. Powerful movie. Would Mc, you go to Mc, McDowell's? Is that Eddie Murphy? Yep. Well, it Eddie has Murphy. to be. Yeah. Oh, did, yeah, you see his, one... did you hear his funny impersonation? Do, do it again. <laughs> powerful. Ned just did Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy's powerful laugh. Oh, I thought he was playing with himself over there, but that was actually impersonation. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, li- filmed in front of a live studio. Powerful. <laughs> Filmed in front of a live studio. Coming to America. Um, there's a couple more here. There's a whole bunch, but I'm just. Uh, Dave, you might like this one. The Rocketeer. Ooh, powerful. Yeah, that's uh, in production actually. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. Did you see the first one? That was the first film that starred Tom Cruise. His character was William Cage thrown into a time loop during a vicious fight with invincible aliens who want to destroy the earth tom cruise is powerful anything he does is powerful yeah so that you know i do remember that movie and even though i am a big sci-fi guy never not a big tom cruise guy however one of my favorite ultimate movie scenes is him and a few good men the best 15 minutes of uh movie of all time i believe and then finally here a movie i did like i saw it it was 47 meters down how they could possibly do a sequel to that is beyond me because the story kind of finished up, but there's uh, that's in production. 
uh, to come out to the movies, possibly hitting in 2020. So there's your movie wrap with Johnny Rage on the Amish Baby Machine. Dinty Moore looked really good in the uniform, didn't she, in A Few Good Men? Not really. You didn't like her in that? Oh, I loved her in the movie. I didn't think she looked all that good. I thought the uniform hid too much, actually. Wow. On her. Yeah. Ned, I'm going to have you put your headphones on. We're wrapping up here. Ned's getting a little too comfortable. Oh, wow. He just took the headphones off. He's not, like, reaching for his, his junk, too. Is he, like, like uh, Ted on uh, no. the Children? No, it's still in Ted. the trunk. Okay. Well, Johnny Rage, what, did you enjoy yourself with Ned tonight? You know, I, I did because you didn't kind of totally excommunicate me. I got a few words in edgewise, and I, I really enjoyed that. Ned, what a, what a great uh, addition to Amish Baby. I, I didn't realize that um, uh, Arsenio Hall is in the movie Coming to America. Oh, yes. It's wonderful. Yeah, he's in drag, too. Powerful. Powerful episode tonight. We thank everyone that listens. God bless you all. We love you. And as always, if Johnny Rage could, he would make love to all of you guys. And I'm going to try. Yes. Ned, we're going to incorporate Ned, hopefully, but Ned's going to get some new job, and I'm sure he'll, you know, disappear. You know, it's kind of like Menudo here. We just, new people come and, come and go, come and go. But it'll always be sweet dags. It'll always be here. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine pop culture podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.